You are now listening to the Beat Bodega, a music podcast. Music and talk for all you bitches. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the Beat Bodega. Uh, with us always is Eric. Say what's oh nice. Nice. Is that a beer cracking open? <laughs> Hi! Yes, show. And like a man of my word. Well, cheers to you, my friend. I'm, I'm starting off with some TX Texas straight bourbon right to the dome. Gilbert, DJ G-Funk, hey, how's it going, buddy? I have the finest of Sunrise Florida water. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. Keep it, keep it fresh, as we say here in the bodega. Keep it fresh. All right. So <clears throat> we're doing 1990s punk and ska. Uh, we're introducing something a little different. What we're going to do is we're actually going to uh, break the episode into segments. So in the first segment, we're going to discuss the playlist, not going in a complete total dive uh, like we used to do. Uh, we'll highlight the songs that we like and let you guys discover the songs on your own uh, when we when we post the track list or when we post the tracks. And then the second half, we'll actually discuss the genre. And we have a nice new little segment where Eric's going to drop some knowledge to close out the show every episode. Uh, he promised to stay away from things CW and WB. Uh, Don't expect too much, guys. <laughs> but yeah, this My is just limited. But yeah, so that that's how the bodega is going to go. Uh, kind of bring some order to this chaos. But before we start, um, sad day for the for the ska world. I mean, and uh, this past week uh, we lost uh, Frederick Nathaniel Toots Hibbert. Um, the lead singer for Toots and the Maytals. And if, and if you're a, a ska enthusiast as I am, uh, you know, left, uh, left behind a great legacy of music, a uh, legend in the ska world, and uh, a rest in peace to Toots Hibbert. So, Gilbert, Eric, this is uh, an episode that we were waiting for. You know, we're, we're, all, we're all punk fans, especially of the 90s, uh, persuasion. So yeah. <laughs> this is it near and dear to our hearts. This is this when is, we became men. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is the first. I guess this is the first time. Like I actually like music for me became a lifestyle, right? Like we've all heard punk before, but for some reason, um, the music that's on this playlist and along with a lot of the other bands, I don't know, it had to do with the time period, um, the friends we had at the moment. But this is when I like I fully committed uh to a scene and i was all about it um you know i dressed that way i acted a certain way i listened to certain music um i i i, I would go outside the, the the genre but it was it was all about music for me yeah. and it was a good solid 10 years maybe yeah and, and i i think that goes for all three of us um you know it was because it was Although punk's been around for a long time, it was our music at our time. And, you know, it, it, it identified what we did at night. You know, the music we listened to, the people that, that, you know, we shared the music with. It was definitely, you know, kind of the high times of, of, of our post-adolescence into t- late teenage years. It was, it was a good time. Did, did we peak? 
Is that is that what happened? <laughs> we definitely peaked. <laughs> we totally peaked. God damn it, we're that guy. We we, uh, <laughs> we prematurely ejaculated our age, but yeah, that, that's all right. Um, so I'm gonna go down the track list, and then, like I said, we'll discuss some of our favorites. When I put it together, I wanted to make sure that there were songs that Gilbert liked, that I liked, and that Eric liked. Um, but so, mostly that Carlos liked. But mostly that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so we started off with uh, Rancid uh, doing Maxwell Murder, uh, Green Day doing She, Blink-182 with Anthem, Suicide Machines with New Girl, Goldfinger with Miles Away, The Mighty Mighty Boston's with The Impression That I Get, Real Big Fish with Beer, Less Than Jake with Liquor Store, uh, Propagandy with Ska Sucks, Bouncing Souls with East Side Mags, Face to Face with Struggle, Good Riddance with Think of Me, Tilt with Libel, No Effects with Lori Myers, The Offspring with uh, Relax Leading Up Into Nitro, Bad Religion with Incomplete, Diesel Boy, Titty Twister, Lesson Jake, Johnny Quest, Rancid with Time Bomb, Bad Religion with Hooray for Me, The Vandals with And Now We Dance, Pennywise with Brohim, and No Effects with The Bruise. So that's that's our track list. Um, good job creating this list, Carlos, without trying to sound like, um, without creating the survival of the fattest um, EP, right? Which is like <laughs> kind of one of the first punk compilations. Well, it was actually the second one. That, that was really popular. Yeah. Uh, like in our circles, you know, because the Diesel Boy Titty Twister. Yeah. Uh, Tilt, the, uh, Tilt Libel. Yeah. Like those were two standout songs from there. Yeah. I could have actually so, like, just, I could have actually just put that on the playlist. <laughs> right? Well, it's crazy, Eric, is that when we went to, to Punk and Drublik, uh a couple of years back, there was like seven of the bands that are on here were on that, on that, on that card. It was insane. It was, we saw Rancid. We saw Goldfinger, we saw Mighty Mighty Boston's, we saw Bouncing Souls, we saw Face to Face. Uh, we were supposed to be No Effects, but they got kicked out of their own uh, festival service uh, somehow, some way. Um, and we saw the Vandals and Pennywise. No, the Vandals were there too? Yeah, yeah, the Vandals were there. Uh, oh, that's right. They were the first they Friday closed, night. Yeah, they closed the first night. Friday yep. night, yeah, because uh, No Effects got kicked off their own show for making some, <laughs> some insensitive comments. But uh, yeah, it, it was awesome because that was the first time. I, well, that was, I finally got to see Face to Face live. Face to, you Every saw Face they, to Face, Face to Face. Face to yeah. Face, my favorite band. You guys know how All much right. I love those guys. Well, and it was the first time I got to see them live because every time they came to Florida, I was either out of town or couldn't make the show. So that was the first time ever and we rushed. But then luckily they toured on their own and we got to see them again with H2O. So that was good too. Well, yeah. all right. Well, like keep that keep those stories for the second segment. And then we'll go okay. we'll go through the so Eric, what oh, what were your out of the out of the playlist that uh that was put together? What what are your I said three to five standouts or personal favorites to you on the list? Um, okay, it's going to be so. So you want us just to, to name like the favorites and then we're tell stories because I could tell stories about each one of these that I think contributed to to like the, our our punks. Well, right? that like, that's right. yeah. No, we'll do that in the second segment. Just highlight, All right. yeah, because we're going to so highlight I'm gonna the playlist. I'm going to have to go with no effects. The Bruce Pennywise, Brohim, the Vandals, because they'll always be a top thing for me. 
um, and Good Riddance because they were oh Good Riddance are face to face. All right. Oh wait, well <laughs> propaganda, but not Scott sucks because I don't I'm not a fan of that. So. Yeah, that's okay. But I love that. <laughs> Those I, are my guys. I, Gilbert, which one are yours? Uh, I'm gonna go with Rancid Maxwell Murder because the way that that album starts and Out Comes the Wolves was one of my favorite Rancid albums, um, and um, I'm gonna go with God. It's between Laurie Myers and The Bruise is so hard, um, but I'm gonna go with The Bruise because it meant more to our crew, um, and then I will go Bad Religion uh, because that's one of my favorite bands. I still haven't been able to go see, uh, so that's three. Uh, Wow. I'm going to go with Propagandi too, but not Scott Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, you know what? And I'm going to do, I'm going to do Mighty Mighty Boston. Holy shit. You know, I, I'm looking through this. Actually, you know, you know what? I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Pennywise. Throw him. Sorry. And you, yeah, yeah, you better choose that one. And I'm <laughs> going to definitely tell that story. <laughs> um, you know what's, what's awesome? I'm sorry, Carlos. not to, that I think we've seen every single one of these bands live. Close to it. Close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. All right. So, wow. so I'm, I'm going to agree with Gilbert Rancid because I, I could easily say of my all-time favorite bands in general, they're definitely up there. Um, so I'll go with Rancid with Maxwell Murder. Uh, and I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more in the next segment, but... Uh, the mighty mighty Boston's with uh, the impression that I get. There's I just I, there's lyrically a part in that song that I love. Uh, I go bouncing souls with these side mags, uh, and I'll go bad religion, the vandals, and uh, I'll go with the bruise just because again that because of what that meant to our group at that time. I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with Gilbert on that. Uh, yep. Well, we also, you know, grew up grew up in Florida, so that that song men, means a lot to a lot of people in Florida. Lahayam, lahayam, <laughs> shalom. <laughs> but no, well, okay, I'm gonna have to. Hooray for me is one of my favorite Bad Religion songs. That that song specifically is probably the best "fuck you" song ever. But uh, that is great. But yeah, I mean. Again, as as we talk about in every podcast, the struggle is either we make a playlist that's 500 songs that we all love, or you know just condense it because again there there will be other episodes where we'll touch on this genre or talk about specific bands. So again, these are uh, the good thing about music is catalogs are so large and there's so many stories behind songs that we continue to carry you know, this genre, previous genres to other episodes. So that's what makes it cool. But, um, you know, Eric alluded to, uh, to uh, what was it? Was it Survival of the Fattest? Is that what, what, the, what the compilation yep. was? Uh, and do you remember how we came across that album? Yeah, the No Effects concert. The No Effects concert? Who else played with them on that show? Uh, Bouncing Souls. Souls. Gilbert was in Gainesville raving it up probably at that time. <laughs> so he missed out on that. But that was an incredible show. Um, and, and the Bouncing Souls, man, they just blew us away, which is a different experience that I've had with them the the like the the other times that I've seen them. Because they were all over the place when we saw again, it was nineteen ninety-four. 
and then we saw them again later. And I don't know if you had the same experience, but in Punk and Drublet, it was just like, I felt like the lead singer didn't want to be there. <laughs> and it was hot as fuck, so I get it, you know? But um, yeah, so we, we got exposed to Bouncing Souls, that show, and then they introduced us to Survival of the Fattest. They were giving away that, that compilation for free. Yeah. Along and that just opened the door. With inflatable sheets. And let's backtrack. Let's begin. Let's let's go at the beginning, right? Because what, what we had mentioned before was that that um you know we both we've listened to punk songs. Mighty Mighty Boston was one of the first songs that was super popular. It was mainstream, right? Yeah. Clueless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, but when we all got together, I don't know who it was in our group that brought that. The no effects. I want to say it was Nick. I think it was Nick. Yeah. Right. Um. And or at least he introduced us to corn with the letter K and the backwards R. That's a different story <laughs> for a different episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was it was no effects. And then I, I just remember hearing that album and I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. And and from that point in, I just wanted everything. I wanted to consume all things. Yeah. And it, it was a little bit different for me. Like I, I started hearing a lot of these bands a little sooner because you guys had already graduated. I was still in high school. So, mm -hmm. so a lot of the people that we they were already listening to well, like No Effects and and then Green Day until Green Day became way too big for everybody to to appreciate, which was the stupid part about uh, about the don't, punk scene. But don't get me started. The, don't get me started. Well, that's look, with Blink. I'll just say they're still one of my favorite bands. So yep. look, I, I will say this: like that, it would have been disrespectful of me not to add Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two, and The Offspring in this list because. The reality is nobody would have known about the genre if it wasn't for those three bands that actually, you know, stood out and, and blew up and, and had large commercial success. I mean, that's a reality because mm -hmm. be before they blew up, everybody was a fan. Until, but again, stupid, naive high school people, you know, like they're just they're going to hate to hate just people in general. Right. Yeah. We, we, we want ownership and we want stuff to, stuff to belong to us. Yeah. So, so when it gets to other people, it's like, oh no, no, they don't have the same respect or love that I do. Yeah. How dare them listen to that shit? Yeah. Well, let me let can I let, can I tell you a story? So, I, and Eric was actually there. It was at my brother's house, and a good friend of my brother's, <laughs> Johan, is uh, shout out to Johan. Um, we were having this argument, and I got, I was like, he was like, Green Day's not punk. I'm like, what do you mean Green Day's not punk? I was like, and then so he's like, you know, he's like, well, you know what's I'm like, what do you consider punk? He's like. The Clash is punk. Oh, right. Like, Rock the Casbah never existed. Anyway, but that's a different I, I, Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he was just trying to get under your skin. Because at the end, Maybe. he was a fan, too. And yeah, he was yeah. just pulling your strings, man. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I, I remember being at, at a work tour and, and seeing people pass out flyers, like, come listen to real punk. And wow. kind of having, a, you know, Blink-182 with that red circle and the cross across it. Uh, you know, like the 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 bar coming down, like saying, yeah. "Oh, Blink is not real punk." And and I'm sorry to this day, that's actually one of the best shows I ever saw at Cheers. You know, it was they, five dollars. These guys, five dollars, right? Five dollars. And, and they were just a band. I it was, I think it was like a Wednesday or Thursday. You went, and these guys came out of nowhere, just awesome party and having a good time. And to this day, they're probably one of the punk bands I still listen to the most, and and got to see live the most. Yeah. You know, because they just have good energy. You know, aside from even without uh, uh, even without Tom DeLonge. Okay? Aside, see, I, aside I from Tom DeLonge. aside from Cheers, I hadn't seen him anywhere else. I've, that's the oh, only no. time I had actually seen them. So, because I'm sure a lot of these oh, stories, Cheers is our local. 
Springsteen guys. It was in, in Miami. I'm sure a lot so, of this. Well, that's what I was just about to mention. A, a lot of the stories that I'm sure we'll get into later in the podcast will be uh, around Cheers, which was actually it was a, a lesbian bar during yeah. the week. And then on weekends, they'd have punk shows on Fridays or Saturdays. Sometimes they would do a random show. It was during the day too. Yeah, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more than than twenty five hundred square feet. It was a tiny place, but you know, it was crammed. Every generous. My apartment is bigger than you. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it was right across the street from a gas station on the corner of a major intersection. But it, it was a lot of our youth surround was surrounded by that by that bar. And we saw a lot of bands that later on grew up to be extremely successful for for five bucks for, you know, sometimes sometimes we would go in for free. But it, it was it was a really cool scene to be in in a great location. And, you know, you hear of all these places that uh, like all these famous bars and lounges where these bands made their made their breaks. And we were fortunate enough to have one of our own and where a lot of these bands catapulted after mm-hmm. and and every every pretty much every major punk band came through cheers yeah um yeah. during that time i mean we saw lag wagon you know unwritten law good riddance <laughs> good riddance sick of it all like yeah. uh, uh, no not sick of it all Who, what's that other really hardcore band that it was like earth crisis they were so angry for vegans man yeah. oh my God. <laughs> i took the poop on that show but uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, it was what a wonderful place. Like you know, yeah, where great people, and it wasn't just the 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 big acts, right? But like our friends, our like, local, we yeah, got to see our friends. Yeah, well, I like I. We'll actually leave a lot of the local stories for for the next segment because I mean, I'd hate to give it, you know, like the next ten minutes before we break into the next segment because it actually deserves its own segment because it was our childhood, and it was our youth, and it was fun. And I mean, we're we're how lucky were we to have a venue like that? That it was so intimate and affordable. I don't think and, we had... and they let us drink at that time. Well, Eric, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, we were able to drink. It was great. But, and if not, we had a gas station across the street that also allowed us to drink. Hey, <laughs> Eric. See where it is, Eric. <laughs> the, the gas station is still operational, so we'll... <laughs> and it successful. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, dude. I mean, a lot, lot of great times in that place. Um, you know, how many weekends in a row didn't we go there? I mean, it was almost every weekend. Almost yeah. every weekend we were there. Imagine yeah. you're you're 16, 17, and you have your own venue to go to, and maybe there was like five adults. One of them being the owner. The rest were all punks. You know, and they they were awesome too, right? Because you had Gail. Um, and I can't remember the, the Gail was the owner, and then you had the blonde lady, and I can't remember her name. It man. wasn't but Gail. Were, her, her name was Gay. Wait, wait, Gay. 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 Sorry. Gay. Yeah. And she ended up passing away. But hey, man, she gave us a place to all come together and and listen to music. It's crazy yeah. when like just reflecting on it, how much fun we had there. Like we lived yeah. in that place. Yeah. And and to think of all the bands with, that went through. Like on this list alone, you had the Vandals. You had uh, Less Than Jake. You had um, Good Riddance, Tilt. Uh, who else? Who else went through there? Blink. Blink what are you, too? you know, and they all went through there. You had Mill and Colin. I saw Mill and Colin there. You um, mentioned early Lagwagon. Yeah, Lagwagon went there. Down by Law. 
down by law. Yeah. Oh man. See, I'm getting emotional just just thinking about it. Like, yeah. holy shit, this was this was our these were our weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's I, I love when you hear stories of, of these venues when all these famous bands they talked about, oh, when we were a little band and we started that's cool, because we actually have our own little stories about a place that was very similar to ones that you hear on like VH1 behind the music. Like, <laughs> right. and the state was like it was like a three foot platform and you're just crowded on top of it so you know you're pretty much like on top of the band they yeah. had no choice well, and remember how much how, how it would steam up yeah. like it would get so hot in there and you're just drenched and sw- oh god that was gross that was gross <laughs> i don't know how i went through that well <laughs> yeah but well that's because you you were young and stupid and yeah, drunk, and drunk at the time yeah but yeah i mean a magical place, uh, you know, and because realize we were young, those bands were young, and they were probably, you know, driving from city to city, trying to hit any little place that they could. So, you know, this was, we got to see them before, you know, some of them had commercial success. Some of them had small independent success, but they had success. I mean, we had uh, one of the local bands, the agency, the drummer ended up playing for uh, Dashboard Confessionals, you know, so... That Dashboard played there too. Uh, who's the other band? Newfound Glory. Yeah, so Newfound Glory. They, they would play there. Yeah. They got pretty big. They had their segment. But you know, you mentioned something about the bands driving around, Carlos. One thing that we loved about the punk scene is nobody likes coming to Miami because it's all the way the fuck down in that panhandle. You know, it's it's out of their way. And if you're coming there, there's nothing in between. So not many bands come here in Miami. And these guys, you know, coming out in their little beat up vans. That's you gotta love them for that. But you know why? Because there was a scene. And and regardless of nobody like coming down here, you you know, in in the eighties, Miami was a popular, you know, uh like hard rock, heavy metal uh location. So a lot of those bands would come down here too. So that that's that mystique still existed about that's the rock place to go to. And but yeah, I mean yeah, dude, there were kids. You realize we were so excited to hang out with a lot of these guys after the show, and they weren't much older than us, or some of them were our age, you know. And to, you know, not. But we still looked up to them. Yeah, because you know, they were they were they were doing something we wanted to do. Yeah, or, or we just enjoyed enjoyed their music. Gilbert, you're awfully quiet for an episode you've been dying to talk about. Oh, he's gonna get his shit. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you guys were very passionate about it, but <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I'll tone it down, man. I'm getting a little emotional. Well, I, I, I think it's the fear. And you know, I, I will say, you know, having come down from, you know, I was just a few years removed from moving to, from New York down to to Miami, and well, all I had grown up was listening to hip hop, and you know, when I went down to Miami, and and I, you know. You know, Eric, Eric and I have totally different tasted music, but, you know, then he started me opening up to, to different genres of music. And then when punk came around, I like, like Eric, we got engulfed in it because we liked the sound. We liked the people that, that, that were surrounded with it. And it had that never happened. This podcast wouldn't exist. A lot of the music that I would listen to wouldn't be, you know, part of my, you know, daily soundtrack. So it, it, this 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 episode's important to us because of what it meant to us during that period, because we were at the age where our ear actually started developing as well, and and listening to music and understanding, you know, uh, 
you know what a musician's role is in the in the in the song and and so forth because we had a lot of friends that were musicians too so it was it, this is going to be a very nostalgic episode and apparently either gilbert's sitting there being emotional teary-eyed thinking about it or he's just waiting to completely regurgitate his entire story in the next segment but <laughs> but uh but yeah this is this is we're gonna dive deep this is a very fun playlist if, if you're a fan of punk of 90s punk and ska um it'll take you back to you know between 1995 and 1999 you know you'll have a great a great time listening to it um but i'm excited i'm excited to dive in um so we're gonna get ready to go into our next segment we're gonna wrap this one up and then get ready to actually dive into some personal stories and 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 some of the things that we know about that time period all right refill as Eric refills his beverage for the next segment, we hope you enjoy this musical number. Okay, enough. Back to the show. All right, so we're back with our second segment of the show. Um, again, cheers to you guys. This is a nostalgic episode oh, for us. Um, you know, this is this is really, really the episode that defined our, not our friendship, because we were friends going into this, but... It, it defined a, a good chunk of our years. And, um, you know, Gilbert, you've been awfully quiet. I, I'm waiting for you to to uh, to lash out and, and, and start start getting emotional with Eric and I. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think for me, it really kind of started with like Green Day really was, you know, like I think Longview was the first one when you hear it. And I don't even really think that much that it think of it, sorry, as much of a, a punk song as, as it is. But then I remember listening to that whole album, like hearing Dookie, and then just instantly, like, that's it. I fell in love with it, with all of it. I think that was popular. It would have been my senior year, right, when that song came yeah. out in 94. Yeah, it was right before, right before, like, we got into with no effects and all that stuff. So it was it was released before. And then from, from, from listening to Dookie, then you're like, all right, well, I want to know what, you know, the first two albums of Green Day. And then that really opened up, you know, all the Lookout stuff. And it opened up to Operation Ivy. And it, so it right. kind of like really opened my world to, to you know, what punk rock was and is. Well, so. back to that too, 94 was that year um, that they did the, was it Woodstock? That was, it's at that Woodstock festival and they got hurt. Yeah. And because of that, we weren't able to see Green Day at Lollapalooza that year, yeah. along with another band. Right. Uh, what was that other band? <laughs> <laughs> Nirvana. That's right. That's right. That, that was '94 was a bad year. It was not a bad but, year, dude. We got to see no, the Beastie hey, Boys. How about, how about that little intimate show that Perry Farrell did for us? That's uh, that's what I missed. That's what I missed. Dude. Yeah, but Come I mean, on. I didn't lose out. I mean, because you guys saw, I got to see. <laughs> What? Not a competition. Yeah, but I got yeah, to split up. Got split up in the yeah, festival. Yeah, and I, I got to see George Clinton in the Parliament Funkadelic, which was pretty fucking badass too. Yeah, and Nick Cave. And Nick Cave. Well, it's, look, I'm not a Nick <laughs> Cave. <laughs> that... We're not. He doesn't mean that. But just uh, kidding, Nick Cave. I do. If you're listening. But uh, but yeah, what else, Gilbert? Man, so you know, it, it was, I. Again, I, so I, at this time, Gilbert by by this time, Gilbert had already moved to to uh to to Gainesville. 
No, he no. Weren't you living no, in? No. Okay. I don't know. No, no. I was still down here. I was no. I I I caught the the beginning of you know, and we're gonna talk about it a lot more. But I caught the beginning of the Cheers days. Um, I didn't. I I moved to Gainesville before all the national acts started coming, so I didn't get to see like the lag wagon and Good Riddance all that stuff because I was living at Gainesville at that time. But I I you know it was more all the local stuff and uh, uh you know I think the biggest band that I saw from from that time would have been like triple a i think had a tilt. show you tilt was was pretty big in miami oh tilt right yeah right. Tilt. Yeah, what yeah. was your you recall your first show <laughs> do i recall my first show Yo, eric well, does <laughs> so our great friends uh you know uh had their it was actually the first time that it was the first time the show that uh the punk show at cheers was our friends milkshake and it was like on a Thursday night. And um, so we went and it was me, Eric, and a young lady named Gloria. And I used to have an affinity for this young lady named Gloria. So we were drinking outside of Cheers um, and we missed our, our friend show. So we missed the first we, official. No, yeah, both, both, of, both of you missed the show. We missed I the, didn't like, miss the show. So we, we sat outside just drinking, hanging out. Again, this is this is a new experience for us. Like we we were at this point, we were more out to going like to clubs that on um, you know Thursday nights and like Fat Tuesdays, I guess was a cool college place at that time, and you know, going to the beach and hanging out. So this was like our first show. And we're like, oh, let's just hang out outside. Let's let's get a buzz before we go into the, the bar. We're all underage. And once we get in there, we actually walked into the only time that Milkshed played that one song. And Carlos, I don't remember the name. It was Whoa, Oh, Oh, Oh. I don't remember the and, name. And our Dino. friend Dino was singing. Yeah. And it's the only time he ever sung for the band. And we just, I remember, I have a memory of just seeing everybody going crazy, Dino singing. And as he finishes the song, he jumps into the crowd. And I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Because it's a small venue. And it was like, oh, I'm hooked. I'm in, you know, and, and that was my first memory yeah. of, of actually being inside Cheers. Yeah. And it's, I started with Gilbert too. Yep. Yeah. I blame, I, I blame Gloria for all that shit. <laughs> Shout out to her if she listens. To it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, going back to, to Gilbert's experience into leading, leading with punk. I mean, again, look, there'll be a lot of people that, that are hypocritical for not giving bands like Green Day, Offspring and uh, and who else do I have on this link and Blink One Eighty Two? They're just dudes because realistically they were the gateway drug to nineties punk. You know, like they Absolutely. they were the ones that <laughs> <laughs> they were the ones that that led that led that charge. But you know, it was. But you did go to Gainesville, so less than Jake. Did you get to see them while you were up there? I did not. No, I didn't get to see them. They, they by the time that we got. That I got up there, they were they already started traveling. They hadn't they weren't big, but they were already traveling, so they weren't they weren't there a lot. So, and they have a they have an incredible fun scene up there too, right? Like I, I think they do the the fest every every year. Yeah, they they, 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 they I, did. I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah, they did. I don't remember when. Well, they're still doing it. Um, yeah. I I know that this year, Gorilla Biscuits and Good Riddance are supposed to be there. Strike anywhere. Well, if if it if if it still happens, you know, with COVID, but. I just saw Gorilla Biscuits and Good Riddance, and I'm like, I kind of want to go just to see that, you know? Yeah. But you saw Gorilla Biscuits, didn't you? I saw them at Civ. Yeah. You went by yourself yeah. to that show. 
Yeah, it was a Halloween show. You guys were busy trick-or-treating. Just kidding. You were going to, you were doing the Coconut Grove, like, where everybody dresses up. Oh, oh, that was that Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, and I I had to see Sid. Yeah, that, that, that was, that was an interesting Halloween. But, uh, you know, it's, well, another band that we saw Cheers was Suicide Machines. Mm-hmm. I got to see them at Cheers. I don't know if you were there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the the good thing is a lot of these bands started gaining traction when festivals started, when they were still touring and not just like just isolated to certain, you know, like Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza still toured, but Vans Warped Tour. I got to see a lot of these bands because of that. That's how I got to see the Vandals. Um, that's how I got to see Pennywise as well. Um, so it was it was a good period, good period, um, and we had a lot of a lot of great a lot of great moments. We apologize for the inconvenience. Bear with us as we correct this technical difficulty, surely caused by Eric. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. So yeah, so you know I had the opportunity to watch a lot a lot of shows just during that that period that a lot of these uh a lot of these festivals were circulating in and i'm sure you guys did too uh so eric you had a question about kind of the the part that resonates with me and and the impression that i get so it's ever since i heard this song it's 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 a lyric that i really i love in a song and i thought shit for a singer to admit this in a song or you know share this much of himself in a song was pretty impressive to me. And this was... Motherfucking Dickie Barrett. Yeah, Dickie Barrett, bro. He's a G. And and for this lyric to stick with me at that age was pretty impressive. So it's the part that goes, I'm not a coward. I'm just... I've just never been tested. I like to think that if I would... I'd like to think that if I was, I would pass. Look at the tested and think they're... But for the grace I go might be a coward. I'm afraid of what I might find out. That is a great lyric. Yeah, and maybe, and and I wish I would have read that better. But uh, I wish you would have sung it. Next time, sing it. (laughs) But uh, but how how powerful is that for a guy to sing in a song and put it out there? And and it always stuck with me. And that's why I never get tired of that song. And and what one to a guy that has such a masculine from, voice, and from Boston, and from Boston, you know to, <laughs> that raspy ass voice, like <laughs> one of the coolest voices in in all of music, you know, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, and and you got for, to see them at that pumpkin, and uh, that was the first time, the only time I ever got to see them was at that camp pumpkin drumlick show, dude. And this is this is how impressive there that guy is. To sing like that all those years, and I saw the, a live uh, a live show that they did during the COVID lockdown, and that his voice still carries on like that, that he hasn't lost his voice after all these years still doing that. But you know, th- so that that's your answer, go Eric. That's why I mean, Thank you. that that's a strong lyric, dude. That's a oh, real. They're an incredible band, and and I know Dickie Barrett like kind of resonates with you, dude. But you know who always. Of my heart in that band. The dancing guy. The dancing guy. <laughs> Dude, how fucking awesome is that band that they said, listen, man, 
And he comes out. Hey, and he was look, they, they gotta be what 50 already, 55. They're they're older than us, right? No, for sure. So when we saw them two years ago, he was still jamming out, still doing the same moves and and in, in, a, in a suit, right? Yeah, because they're always dressed to the T. But oh man, yeah, they, they're a good band. So yeah, Dickie Barrett's almost 60, bro. He's 56 years old. He's actually from Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Boston, same shit. But, <laughs> but actually, you know who's still doing it? So they did a show during COVID, and the band was all separate. They were all individually in their in their homes. Was uh, uh, Goldfinger. So if you yeah, have that video, yeah. The, if if for those of you that haven't seen it, and you you know you like punk ska and and. Uh, Goldfinger, then it's on YouTube. You could actually look up all their COVID period shit that they did and still doing it. The guy's by himself recording in his little studio, jumping up and down, still getting into that it. That dude saved that show, Punk and Drubber. Dude, they were, they oh. blew us away. Yeah. They came I, out, so no effects hadn't, hadn't, they were kicked off the show. And Goldfinger comes out and they they play their songs and but they he didn't even have his full band right so he was he was picking members from 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 the bands from the people available so it was like this hybrid band of like the best punk musicians and at one point he plays the bruise right it was it was no uh, he, well, it was, he played Lenoli. Larry Myers no Lenoli I'm sorry yeah and everybody lost their shit everybody like it was like kind of like a, one of those high points of the show. Of the whole like weekend festival, yeah. that was incredible. Yeah. It was awesome, you know. Yeah. And if we're giving shout outs for the COVID thing, let's give a shout out to Dropkick Murphys who did a lot of live shows, including the one from uh the the baseball field from Fenway. 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 And then the the first one that they did that you and I we 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 called each other during the whole show. I got blasted that show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but dude, you know, it's a lot of these punk bands. You know, they like a lot of these old school guys pulled off some shit, and and you know. It's it's awesome because you're right. They're they're in their fifties and their sixties with the same love and enthusiasm that they had when we saw them when they were in their twenties and thirties. But like, you know, I didn't get to see. You know, I know it's one of my favorite bands, one of Gilbert's favorite bands, one of Eric's favorite bands is Rancid. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get to see. I saw them in their was it their twentieth or their twenty fifth anniversary tour. Um, that it was cool because I kind of got a double dose of Rancid. Because the opening show was Tim Tim Timebomb and Friends, and then it was Rancid. So I got to see Tim Armstrong twice. And the, one of the greatest – I felt like I was a kid again watching that show. Now, I, I didn't go down into the pit because I'm too fucking old for that shit. <laughs> but, it, it, dude, I, I, I was in my, in my teen years again. And another band that fucking kills it every time. And so many crazy things about that band. Well, one, all the bands that Tim Armstrong helped, you know, along the way and be, become who they are. Like, even till now, like the interrupters are the interrupters because of Tim Armstrong. You know, they're, they're doing very well. Um, you know, like stories like how Lars Fredrickson, actually, they started Rancid to keep Tim Armstrong sober. Yeah. You know, bass player, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, guys, the, I'm sorry, I just I never knew how much love you both had for Rancid. 
you know, not to like, and and the fact that they were a band that were super popular but never went that sellout route, right? Yeah. Well, for some we, reason, nobody would accuse them of selling out. Yeah, so, but look, this is how much this is. So, uh, most of you don't know what I look like, or Gilbert or Eric, just on maybe the pictures that we have. Uh, but on one, penis looks like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I. You know what? I think this is the episode your mom needs to hear. The <laughs> So she's still alive. So, so one of my on one of my arms is all is uh, you know tattoos with different punk lyrics, and and Gilbert Gilbert has a lot of tattoos as well. And a, a band that we both have tattooed to ourselves is Rancid. That's how much we actually love that band. So, yeah, I mean it, it's the it's it's our youth. It was it was a big part of our youth, and and, and you know can I humble brag here? Yeah. I got to meet Tim Armstrong and, and hang out with him because of Gilbert and actually one of his friends, uh, Kyle, because yeah. I, I, I don't know what he did for work for one year and he got us backstage like uh, passes and we're just hanging and he's walking around and he's a little dude <laughs> that at first I didn't know it was him. And I'm like, Wait a minute, can I, talk to him? I was still scared to talk to him because he's an intimidating guy. And, um, and, and I, I just got to meet and just talk shit, man. And, you know, he, he he is like he sounds in his records. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just this hard guy, like not hard, but he's no, like, he, he's that, punk that's as a fuck. Poor he's a yeah. he's punk yeah, as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, it was we got we we've been very lucky. I mean, you know, we we briefly highlighted that uh, you know, Mike Marsh, who played for a punk band called The Agency, who then became the drummer for Dashboard Confessionals, shit. He played at our friend's backyard for his birthday. Oh, yeah, man, I forgot about that, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, that that's why it, it may – I don't know if it will resonate to people when they actually hear this episode, but th- this there was a lot of passion for us in this music and, and the punk culture during this period. You know, it was it, – it, it's – this is the soundtrack to our childhood, you know, not our, our, our later teenage years. Gilbert, you're still fucking quiet, and it's driving me nuts. Yeah, I, 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 you know, let's go. To, oh, I'm, I'm kind of curious what what Gilbert's favorite propaganda song. I've seen them. I've seen them a few times live, and 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 what I like about propaganda is like the older they get, the harder they fucking get. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The harder faster, shit is hard. Yeah. You know, they've done like, uh, what is it? Protected City Limits, one of my favorite albums of all time, and it's just like fucking fast and hard. They're these Canadian guys, and their lyrics are all political. And I, again, I'm not a lyrics guy. But when you listen to to them, like they just uh, they fire you up, man. So I'm curious, like, what what you you're into propaganda? propaganda. I don't know. I've always, yeah, I've always been into propaganda. Um, I I love Anti Manifesto. I think that song, and I think you and I you and I have spoke about it. How it is the first fat comp ever was the first song and the first fat comp ever was. And, uh, Anti-manifesto by propaganda. So, so, right. I mean that that, but um, nations the the nation states. Oh, nation states. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's in part two. Yeah, and that was the the, the the one that we that we all knew. You know, said I was too dumb to know what they were singing about in that. <laughs> I actually had to kind of look things Listen, up. They, <laughs> prop, this is the propaganda. Maybe definitely made you smarter for sure. Like, no, but yes, no, I, I, mean, the cool the right? I, I I had to go. I had to go on the internet and read up because I'm like. What the fuck are these guys? Because I was curious, man. Yeah. You know, it's like you could feel you could feel they were meaning, but 
totally way above my head. Yeah. I didn't get it. So I had to look <laughs> all that shit. No, but it's the research. Yeah, it, it, but but that that's true to a lot of punk bands. That they're they're a lot of intellectual guys. That yeah, you know that. I mean, shit. Look at uh, from the descendants or yeah, the you know? yeah. Yeah, what is he, a chemical engineer or some shit? Yeah, or yeah. even even someone from this band, who's the the offspring? The, yeah, the lead singer from the offspring. Yeah. He's a biochemical engineer. You know, like, and but the, the they're heading. I mean, I'm slow, guys. You gotta simplify things to me, man. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the and, thing, and, yeah, go ahead. Go and ahead. the crazy and the crazy thing about propaganda is they they're all incredibly mu- mu- musicians. They're all bad, like they're badass drummer, badass guitar player, badass bass player, like musician wise, they are all incredible. And metal as fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, like, like um, well, I mean, this kind of leading into you know, we're talking about the fact red comp, you know, like I I think that's still the most besides obviously epitaph, because for obvious reasons, they had everybody, Rants and No Effects, uh, Bad Religion, Offspring, all the major all the major punk bands were there. No but, was on the on epitaph. epitaph um, yeah. 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 Well sometimes but, some albums. Well, right. yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. But when you talk about fat records, I mean, that's to me, that's 90s skate punk, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's like every band that we love, Propaganti, <laughs> No Use for a Name, Good Riddance, Dagwagon. Yeah. Um, Speaking uh, of skate punk, the reason why I'm, I'm so familiar with the Suicide Machine song, New Girl, Tony Hawk Underground, or uh, Tony Hawk Skateboard. One of the best soundtracks ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, thank you, Tony Hawk. <laughs> no, I, I want to hear the soundtrack to the new Tony Hawk game. Yeah. I, I'm sure, but did I? And look how many, like, how many people, uh, you know, from other bands, how they they played with each other. Like, was uh, the drummer from Rancid was originally with the Used, and I know you like that band, Eric. What for yeah. real? Yeah, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and then you know how. Billy Joe Armstrong was actually asked to, if he wanted to be in Rancid, and you know, like there's had his own thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, well, the, that, that, what was it? Gilman, the, the whole Gilman scene. Uh, is it? Is that what yeah. the place was called in Berkeley? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I got. I drove by there. It's kind of cool. You know, it wasn't open, so. But um, it yeah, like look at all the fucking magic that came out of there, right? Because yeah. kind of no effects came out of. They weren't part of that, but the, the everything that came out of there was was amazing too. Like what a scene that must have been. Yeah. Yeah, and that's if you if you look at the if you watch the East Bay uh, documentary, and it was all done by uh, it was started by the guy that started the Maximum Rock and Roll, the man magazine, and it, but it was all the kids, you know, they all had their chores to do in there. It was like all you know what I mean, like, um, and it was like they had that that sign up that like there was like no sexism, no racism, no and you know and you know they're very like no uh, homophobia it was like and it's all done by kids you know what i mean like our age or at the time our age yeah no i mean and but the cool thing is we had our own little version in miami yeah and we had our own we little did. version it was it was awesome oh <laughs> i'm going deep guys Dude, i apologize on fire eric's right going balls deep I said I was gonna do this. I'm committing. I just I, I have a meeting tomorrow morning, so God knows how that's gonna go. Uh, that's right. right. Right now we're in our teens, man. Don't 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 worry about what happens in the real world tomorrow. Um, but yeah, so Gilbert, come on, man. You're on a roll right now. Don't pressure him. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a Gilbert story, tell, and, and oh I hope you don't, you don't mind me sharing that. So oh, and, and and Carlos, man, I, we really wanted you to come out for this because. This was a big thing. It was us. It was a chance for us to be kids again. 
Um, and it was at Camp Punk and Drublik. I, it was in Ohio, and it was a three-day festival. It was it was incredible. It was pretty much every 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 band you ever wanted to see. It's like this is what music festivals should be. Like I would never go to Coachella or you know what's that other big one in Tennessee, Bonnaroo. Yeah. No, no, this was it. This was like wow, I can't believe this is happening. So we got to see we got to see everybody. We got to see the Descendants for the second time that year because we had just seen them earlier. They started touring again, but I will never forget when. Pennywise came and they started playing throw him. They ended, right? That's the song they always end with. Yep, that's, the, that's how they said. So we, he's like, first, first, it starts off, listen, Eric, I got to go in. So he went in the pit. Like, we we had to go into the crowd and we, we, we managed to stay together. All of a sudden, <laughs> I turn around and I look at Gilbert and he's crying. <laughs> like, he is fucking bawling, tears. And emo- you know when you get overcome with emotion and you just can't stop yourself? Yeah. That was Gilbert. We're at a punk show. And I just go, Gilbert, are you okay? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, I don't know what happened. I just got so emotional. And me, the dickhead that I am, I start laughing at him. And I'm like, dude, you know, but I understand what he's going through. You know, like this right. is this is a moment here like that you're having. You know, it's, it's, it's the music. It's the energy. And it's the only time I've ever seen Gilbert cry. It was, so, it was, it it was, was so crazy because awesome. like, I, I, I I'm walking away. So <laughs> I'm like, we're walking away, and I'm like, I'm still like, why am I still crying? It was great. It was great. <laughs> you think somebody broke up with him? Sort of guy. Yeah. But dude, but it, it, that, that, that's why this episode's that emotional. The more we talk about it, the more it was our youth. It was our fucking youth. And you know, Gilbert, it's all right, dude. You want to cry? Well, I just, the, just the, the, I, I get emotional when I listen to face to face. But like, look, this was even so when I went to when I saw the Vandals, you know, I wasn't with which you. time because we saw them at Cheers and we also saw them with Offspring too. At the no, end, I didn't see. I wasn't there for that. I saw oh. Offspring with Gilbert, and it was it was uh, no use for a name open for them. Yep. Which is a we apologize for not having that band on this. Yeah. List. Well, it again, th- there's just so many bands that we could put. But uh, but the first thing I thought about is like shit. I'm watching the Vandals and Eric isn't here with me, you know, and and that happened to me when I went to go see Rancid, you know, I'm like, fuck, you know, like my guys aren't here with me. And that's but that immediately takes me back to because think about what everybody looked like back then. You had people were wearing Jenko jeans with with, uh, you know, with different pump bank names or. Yeah, well, Dino, who always wore the same shit every fucking day, that well, third no, rail Budweiser shirt. The shirt that he found at, at, at Cheers, the Budweiser shirt. Yeah, it was. A, it's Remember? a it's a third rail shirt, and the oh. lo, and the logo looked like a Budweiser thing. And that became his shirt that he'd wear all the time. Yeah, that or the, or the Puerto Rico shirt. He found that shirt on the on the Puerto Rico. The shirt. yellow Puerto Rico he shirt. He found that shirt at Cheers. Yeah, and he kept it, and that was his shirt. And I don't but think okay, all, I don't think he ever washed it either. I don't think he ever washed it either. Hey, Carlos. What? What do you mean used to wear Jinkos? <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I mean, got them on right now. But uh, you know, man, it was it, it was a really fun time. I mean, we it, it never it felt like we were never home. You know, we were. Dude, I remember you guys didn't go with me to this show. I can't remember who went with me to this show, but it was 
the, the put together shows, yeah. like in front of uh, Upwind's right. That, 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 and, that's and, that's, and that's the, what I was getting to, Eric. Thank you for okay. letting me finish my story. Sorry, <laughs> but, just guys, I am fired up right now. I'm on my third delirium tremens. So again, I apologize. So it's, it's gonna get weird. At, at eight in the morning, we went to a show that it was at uh, Miami Dade. Like it was on on a set of steps. We went there, and then yes, Upwind. Uh, Exile Surf Shop. We went to a show Exile, that, was, that's what it was. that was on the corner. Uh, the Space Cadet Studios. We went to shows Wait, there. Not at Space Cadet. Yeah, because Milkshake was recording. I I missed that show, the the Miami Dade one, because that's the one that AAA played. Yeah, and it was you like know, at, I, at eight in the morning. It was early as I've fuck. Never seen, I've never seen AAA play. Oh yeah, no, they put oh, on a good I show. Saw, I saw them at Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, well, you had. Um, Skanking Pickle went to Cheers too. That was that was a fun show. Um, Mu three thirty. Mu three thirty. The only ska band that I ever liked. <laughs> With, and mustard plug. And mustard plug. But yeah, I, I mean, we could get this is this is definitely an episode that we're gonna have to revisit because there's so many stories, so many bands. Um, you know, I, I knew. Okay. Uh, can we can we before you before we move on though can can we give a shout out to the two well I think the two most influential bands at least for me from Miami our hometown which is obviously Milkshed all of our friends and Cottonside which yes. uh, like three or four years ago Eric got, and I got this they did a reunion show at Churchill's and it was Cottonside um, Milkshed Bulletproof right it was Bulletproof. Three. Bulletproof. Bulletproof. Bulletproof Bulletproof right. And, and and yeah, Milkshake was the headliner, which headliner. kind of blew my mind, right? Because I always thought Cottonside was the bigger band because they were my favorite band. <laughs> and oh, it was Milkshake that actually had, you know, they were the headliner. I was like really caught off guard by them. I actually on my wall right now have that poster for that show, and it's signed by Noel, um, Christian, all the other Milkshake dudes, except Joey. <laughs> right. he, didn't, he didn't remember me so i was like whatever joey no i actually no noel was one of the first people i met when i moved down from new york and we would actually freak people out because we were both in summer school in ruben dario together and we nice. became and, and he was my my best buddy that whole summer and what we would do is freak people out by playing knuckles and I mean, when we tell you that, like our knuckles would be full of blood and bruised, and we would do that just to freak people out. Shocker we, that he we, became a drummer in a point. We saw, we saw him at face to face, right? Yeah, we, we, oh. we ran into him at face to face. Does he, he still look like? We, does we, he still look like he drummer was, Jesus? He was, huh? No, he he actually looked clean. Oh wow! Right, like he was wearing normal clothes. Oh wow! But he still had the long hair. Yeah. And he, but he was jumping in the pit. Still, when we were standing on the outside, we're like, damn, he's going for it, dude. Holy shit! It was kind of a reunion. That that was kind of sobering, right? Because both at the at the punk and drublet uh, thing and all the other shows. Like this is something, man. That that you know we kind of hate too for having for you being in Texas. I know it's for work and family, mm. but some of the moments that I still bond with Gilbert to these days are when these fucking shows come back. Like we get to see Blank, or you know we'll go see. Um, you know our 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 friendship is still like. When we get to really hang out, it's through music. Yeah. yeah. And um, when we went to those shows, and even the Descendant show, like here at, at the Edge, I, there was somebody else that we went to. Not the Edge Revolution, sorry. Um, and and it's cool because 
you see everyone else that used to go to the shows at Cheers, right? And and they'll start pulling out like the old T-shirts. You could tell like that they don't fit right, you know, because everybody just gets fatter as they get older and stuff like that. <laughs> or it's like, or you you know that guy that's just like his life's been hard and he's probably working this nine to five, struggling through life, and he probably told his wife and kids, "Fuck you, I'm gonna go and watch a show." And he, and he's wearing his T-shirts and and stuff like that. But so no, that's awesome, dude. It, it, I yeah, and it sucks me living in Texas. But we're gonna wrap up this segment, go on to the next segment. Um, but to Gilbert's point, you know, there was a lot of great bands that influenced us, which that were local, Milkshed, Cottonside. I'm surprised you didn't say the agency, Gilbert, because they were an amazing I, band. I know, but you know what? Agency was when I was already in um in uh Gainesville so I didn't, I didn't even go to Rudy's birthday when they were when they played <laughs> yeah that's true but all right we're gonna wrap up this segment and then we're gonna go into uh Eric's gonna drop some knowledge and we'll probably talk a little bit more punk uh so we're gonna wrap this this segment up and go to the next one enjoy our closing segment lessons with Eric yes you heard correctly lessons with Eric on the beat bodega keep it fresh all right so we're back with uh, our new segment uh, where Eric's going to drop some knowledge on us. Eric, lead the way. Hey, I just I, I want to start off by correcting myself. I, I made a mistake a few episodes ago, um, and it was about Cindy Lauper, one of my favorites. And I said that she was covering a Roy Orbison song, and there was something just bothering me. So I went to look it up, and the song was actually written for or- Roy Orbison, but Cindy Lauper found it, and she wanted to do it first. So she recorded it in 88, 89, and it became a huge hit. In that time, um, Roy Orbison had recorded it, but he passed away in 80. He ended up passing away in 87. And then it was released later in 1991 or 92. So Sidney Lauper, I apologize. I know you did it first and you did it better, in my opinion. Um, but the video with Roy Orbison was pretty cool, too. It had a, a beautiful Jason Priestley and Jennifer Connelly in the video. So check out that video if you can. It's for I Drove All Night. All right, on to my segment. This is this is cool. I've never done this before. Um, it was uh, it was an article that I ran across this week, and and that I kind of I was I was like kind of surprised by it. it. It's about artists that never had a number one. So like no matter how big you thought an artist was, and the top ten kind of caught me off guard because these are bands that were huge. And I'm just gonna go down the list. I'm sure there's more, but these were the ones that that were top ten in the article. Um, number ten were the Kinks. Nine Ramones, um, number eight Nirvana, like who would have thought? Seven The Clash, number six The Boss Bruce Springsteen, five Bob Marley, number four The Who, three Jimi Hendrix, two Led Zeppelin, and number one Bob Dylan. Wow! So I was just like, how does you know? It's it's one of those things like how does that happen, right? Well, sorry, Carlos, you were gonna say something? No. you know which one's to me the most surprising on that list is Bruce Springsteen, right? Because I I would understand Jimi Hendrix. You know, one the, the, think about all the talent that existed in that time, right? So he's competing against that. You know, the Clash and the Ramones. I would expect that a punk band would never have a number one hit. I would expect that. Bob Dylan. Bob. Well, again, same time, same time as Jimi Hendrix. You know, they they were all revolutionary music or revolutionary songs, but Bruce Springsteen never had a number one hit. Nope. 
I, I got that one. That one, is, that one is a shocking one, I think. Right? I do and have it, one that if we talk about, like, popular music that, that well, James Brown, we could add James Brown to this list. Never had a number one hit. But here's one that I thought this guy was everywhere, especially in the early 90s. And he never had a number one hit. MC Hammer. Really? Can't touch this. You know how high it went? Uh-huh. Eight. Number eight. You know what song he came closest to getting a number one? And it only peaked at number two? Pray. Now, what's wrong in the world when Pray <laughs> made it higher than You Can't Touch This? I thought You Can't Touch This was the biggest song in the world at that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, this is another one. This uh, So Bob Marley, he was an international artist. Another person down there. That's crazy. Now, you know what? I didn't narrow it down, so I wonder if that, that applies to just the U.S. markets, or is, is this a global thing? I don't know. I just find that odd. Yeah, like, so, again, like, Nirvana Nirvana is shocking. But... Yeah, you would think Sp- Smells Like Teen Spirit would have gone number one. Well, it, it's, it, no, it's not had a number one hit. Is, is no, I know. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, you would think Smells yeah. Like Teen Spirit would have had been a number one hit. Yeah, but you know what? wasn't... Did it? I'm trying to remember because wasn't Garth Brooks number one during that period? <laughs> I, I I think no. I had read that somewhere <laughs> that like the, I mean think about it. You're it's it's music that's targeted towards kids, but the people that have money are you know. Yeah, but I think it has to do with play. Like I think number one has to do with like play. What no? But back then it was. I mean, it's different now that you could download music, but back then you actually had to go out and buy a single. Yeah, but no, I don't think a single. The Hot 100, I think it's always been with radio spins and all that stuff too. I think it's a combination. Yeah, yeah. But again, I see it, but because I mean, so during that period, although we saw like popular music drop off to grunge, but contemporary music was still king. You know? Yeah. So I could kind of see that. That that's what makes Bruce Springsteen a little more shocking, because you know it, it's that guy. You know, born in the USA, right? That that was a song that was everywhere. What was that? Eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I remember the world being about Bruce Springsteen during that time. Yeah. You know, so so to to think that wow, not even and he's had some popular ones come through like Philadelphia. I don't even think uh, "Born in the USA" was his most popular one. It was um, "Dancing in the Dark." Yes, yeah, I think that's the one that charted the highest. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, so yeah, like fuck Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, yeah. which is arguably Backstreet Boys, guys. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I wanted that way. To, I wanted that way to have it was was not a number one song. Wow. Nope. You know what what their highest one was? Quit playing games with my heart. I would have thought it's I want it that way too. Yeah. I was an I was an instinct guy. Me too. I really thought David. You know what you're you know what you're not is a guy. Jason, <laughs> Jason, not David. Jason. Yes. Yeah. Change his name. He was going to be the popular one. I was wrong. Look, Missy Elliott's never had a number one hit. Shit, David Guetta, James Brown. Don Henley. Yeah, I, I ju- it just blows my mind. Like it's 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 what you think. Like wow, man, I thought these were like gods. 
Yeah, but and you, pop- but but think about think about this too. Look at what were number one hits. Uh, Gangnam Style was a number one hit. Macarena. Uh, the Macarena. <laughs> so I mean that that's like for the most part you get a one hit wonder, you know. But these people have albums that transcend being a number one list. Like yeah. I would, what I would look at is who had a number CR. one. What? ECR clears uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. No, never had a number don't, one. Don't get don't get Gilbert started. The he's all about CCR. But oh, yeah. I, I, it's. You know what? Can I can I make this? I know Gilbert Gilbert's pretty much a part of the show, and I, I've never asked this. I asked this to Vanessa, and and it was um it's kind of something that I I I'm always curious about when I meet somebody, and it it's a question I always ask. How do you drink your and, coffee? <laughs> how do you drink your coffee? How do you make your coffee? More yeah. important. Hey, medium roast, baby. Medium French, roast. French press all day. Be well. You fancy fuckers. Um. So, if you had if you had want to pick one album that you want to pass on to future generations, it can't be a compilation. It can't be a soundtrack. It can't be a greatest hits. What album would that be? I mean, you already know. I know it's a no brainer, but I had to ask. <laughs> Share it for the crowd, please. Uh, sync's first album. <laughs> <laughs> Is that uh, what is it this week? That's a top You know what I would say? I would say uh, Beastie Boys Ill Communication. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Nice. Eric, what was yours? Uh, it, this is this. This is my card, bro. In sync, second album. No, it's it's actually um. Aqua. Hey, hey, hey! Don't, don't, don't mess with that. That was a good album. Um, it's between two, and we just talked about one of the bands, but it would it would probably have to be just for how much fun it is. Um. Uh, please don't judge me. Uh, Cindy Lauper, she's so unusual. <laughs> wow. You might as well would have said "Insync Sync" it album. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I just, it, it, honest, I, I just think that would this. This is an album like, let's say, like the world was destroyed and 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 you had to rebuild, and all of a sudden they put on Cindy Lauper, she's so unusual. Like, hey. We're starting off on a good point here, you know. <laughs> it has like, um, you know, uh, girls just want to have fun. Uh, she bop all through the night. Uh, my favorite song of all time, one of my favorites, uh, "When You Were Mine," which was written by Prince. So it it have to be it have to be that one. I was gonna go uh, CCR. Uh, what is it, Billy's? Um... Right. Gilbert's a CCR guy. Yeah, yeah. You're the. What is it? Uh, it it's. 
I don't know. I'm still in shock that it's that it's. Hey man, it took a lot for me to say that, and and I really think it would be. So it, it, uh, Willie and the Boys, man, was a a, a great album by CCR. What I like but is that. So Eric, see, if, good. Hey man, I'm sorry. No, no, I, this is, I just I just revealed something big. Sold to you guys, okay? Like this is. No, but what I like is that you made you made your album post-apocalyptic. So when you're rebuilding, that's what they're going to listen to. So Gilbert and I laid out the soundtrack while the apocalypse is happening, aggressive. <laughs> and then Gilbert and I die during battle, but you'll be out in the fields planting seeds, listening to, to Cindy Lauper. Can I, the generations that will come from that album. <laughs> can I... Can I <laughs> Can I change mine to Debbie Gibson Electric Jeep? <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of this one, am I? I Gilbert, I thought you would have gotten Rockwell. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And you <laughs> Tone Lope, bitch. Tone Lope, baby. <laughs> www.tonelopefacts.com. That, that guy crosses decades. Yeah. <laughs> generations, decades. But, all right. So, all right. Eric. Thank you very much. We're going to do this every episode. Eric was going to drop some knowledge on us. So I want to drop what we're going to do the next episode. Considering the popularity of all these versus battles that people are doing online, we're going to drop our very first versus battle. So it's my playlist versus Eric's playlist. Um, it's no specific genre. It's just playlist versus playlist. So the what we thought about it is currently what's on our rotation, and that's that's what's facing off. This is what Gilbert doesn't know. The we're gonna actually on Instagram, you get to vote which playlist you like the most. The winner faces Gilbert. And then the, the yeah, so then the next verses would be the winner of Eric and I versus Gilbert. Now, would it be a different playlist, Carlos, or will we have to, like, or we use the same playlist that won against Gilbert? Because I think that gives them an unfair advantage. No, and it would be a totally different playlist. All right. Yeah. We got to take this guy down. Yeah. Whoever wins. We, But we got to come up with, there has to be a prize. Like, there has to be, there has to be something. Like, I'll, I'll come up with what the prize will be, because it can't just be bragging rights. Uh, so we, we got to come well, up with something. What are you guys gonna do when I drop Christopher Cross? Never be the same on you. No, <laughs> hey, no, hey, I love Christopher Cross, man. Sailing, uh, shoot. I'm telling you. So, Listen, I have, I have a cross, baby. I have some doozies on here. Like if, if you look yes. at my, my, my Spotify playlist. Hey, Gilbert, it doesn't matter what you think. People are gonna vote. But the people are gonna decide. Don't be afraid. Listen, man. Don't, don't be afraid. Like I, I. <laughs> Look, my friends just found out something about me that I don't think anybody knows. Don't, don't be afraid to to, to share. Like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's music that we listen. These people joke about Aqua. I fucking love Aqua, and I thought that album was incredible. It was just a fun poppy album. Listen, when when if if we go and like and like like the, your most played, you know, on on your like Spotify thing, and I pick the top ten, and one of them is Ashley Simpson, Pieces of Me. And what's what's gonna really happen? That'll be it. Yeah. This is the way, Gilbert. This is the way. Look, this is Spotify doesn't really excuse me. That that's the thing about Spotify. I wish they 
Be, be careful. Be careful what you say about no, Spotify. No, 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 no. <laughs> like they don't offer metrics, right? Like at least for, for your own personal playlist. And I guess maybe that's, you know, it's it's a lot of people. It's a lot of information. Yeah. But they do offer yearly. Um, they'll give you yearly metrics, which I love. I love when they do that. Like most played songs, uh, what genre, what you discovered first. Like that's always exciting. It's like, oh, you were the first person that one of the first listeners to listen to this and and all that. Um, but they don't do it on an individual level. I did read because I, I was when 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 this challenge came up, I was looking up and there's a place called uh, Last.fm. And I think if you download that app, I'm not endorsing anything, but it will track your plays. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you that. know, so well, so it's, it's like it's out there. If you wanna? All right. I wanted to get I wanted to get off an Ashley Simpson joke. So I never oh. ruined it. <laughs> I, I hear it. Yeah. yeah. Guys, we're all just trying to survive here, man. You can't blame Ashley Simpson for what she did. <laughs> so. Never forget Millie Manili. So, this is episode eight. This, this we're gonna wrap up the punk, uh, punk episode, and then and go in Eric's uh, segment. Episode nine would be the first verses, and then the following episode would be for the title. Uh, they'll go up against Gilbert. Everybody will be able to vote uh, for the playlist on Instagram. So make sure you follow us. Make sure you listen to both playlists and give your honest feedback. Uh, but yeah, this should be fun. I mean, everybody's doing it. We're going to take it to a different direction. It's just playlist versus playlist. That means that the episode after the punk episode will feature two playlists. And then the one after that will feature two playlists as well. Um, and I, I want to, well. Will we be able to preface our, 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 our playlist? Like kind of describe the of yeah, why we did this? On, okay. on the episode, yeah. That, that's yeah, you're going to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because remember, you st- although I saw yours, you still haven't seen mine. Gilbert actually has both. Okay. Yeah, that's what, that's one thing I wanted to do. I wanted my reaction to Carlos's playlist to, to just be on the spot. I think it'd be fun that way. Yeah. So I wish it could have been the other way around. Yeah. But um but yeah, so before I close out and before I go around the horn. I don't want the show to end. <laughs> I want to keep talking about punk. I, I sort of got I just regressed like 25 years. Fuck. Well, well yeah, but save it save it for the night when the next time we do punk again. Because the next right. time we do punk again. I don't again. think I'll be drinking that one. I, I just it was it was just an idea we had. I committed to it, Gilbert. I'm disappointed, but I understand. Well why th- you did th- it. This is what I actually want to do for the next punk one. Because I actually want to do have Chris Critic on as a guest. I would love that. Yeah, so it'll be us three plus Chris Critic. Uh I had I had spoken to him to do it sooner. Um, but just adult life and scheduling and work kind of screwed that up for me. But the next time we do a, a punk episode, I definitely want to do it with Chris Critic, little Miami legend in the punk scene. Uh, so it'll be fun to have him. Uh, again, rest in peace to the legendary um, Frederick Nathaniel Toots Hibbert. Uh, I'm a huge ska fan, especially of the 50s and in the 60s. And, um, you know, I want to give a shout out to, if anybody saw the Saints um, Tampa Bay game, before they actually went to commercials, they were actually playing Toots and Maytal song 
So, you know, that if you don't know who he is you, or who they are as a band, look them up. You'd be surprised how many songs they actually put out and how many bands, um, how many bands covered them. So it's a huge loss for the ska world, the reggae world, uh, and for Jamaica as a country, he was an icon. Um, and then going back to going back to the punk part, uh, shout out to to our old friends and the that were in the punk scene and we, bands we, like we, Mil- bands like Eric. Sorry, <laughs> bands like Milkshed, uh, Cottonside, um, the Agency. And 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 everybody that 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 made that Tilt scene fun was stopped. <laughs> but uh, but again, guys, this this was a nostalgic episode. It was a fun episode. Um, Eric, now, what do you want to say? I, <laughs> no, I just want to say thank you. Thanks again for having me, Carlos. Thank you for putting up with me, Gilbert. Man, it's always awesome. You know, uh, thank you for showing up. I, I, I'm going to be part of this show. <laughs> Gilbert is now, part of the show. Hey man, man, I love you guys, and 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 I'm glad I have I have an opportunity to do this with you. And for whoever's listening, like thank you so much for listening. And and I, I know we talk a lot of shit, me especially. So just just thanks, man. This is this is fun to do, man. And I, honestly, this has been kind of a this was a fun episode. I don't know if it's the beer or just that period in my life that that just made it see that much better. But uh, thank you, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Uh, Gilbert, anything you want to say? Anything you want to promote before we part ways here? Nah, pr- no, no, nothing really to promote too much right now. But I, I definitely um, want to want like like you said, all the all the uh, all the bands that we grew up listening into Miami Milkshed. Uh, you guys remember Level Nine? Level uh, Nine. Level Nine. Huh? I actually worked. Ooh, with, I actually they were worked, my neighbors. Yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah. I worked. I worked with the singer doing surveys over the phone. Sean. John. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Sunset together, man. Yeah. Oh, how about out of spite? We get forgot to give oh, a shout out to, to Chris Velasco. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Shit, man. And, and, so, and what about what was Chris Critics band? The Critics. The Critics. His Jesus band. Christ. Like, there was just so many good Miami bands, yeah. man. And, and it was just a fun time. Yeah. So that really like and that, that music is, you know, as you can tell by the passion that we've had in this episode, it's because it really shaped who we are. Um, it, and the beer. And the beer, yeah. Um, <laughs> and some I'll never do it again. Some of these bands that changed my life forever, like no effects. Um, we, we got to see them at at uh, at uh, I was about to say the edge at Revolution like three or four years ago. And dude, when they played Linoleum live, I I, I don't know what, yeah, it was just incredible. And Punk and Jublik changed everything for me musically. And I don't know, it was, it, that time is 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 incredible for us. So. And, and and Gloria, you remember fucking- Remember, that, that, that was the second, <laughs> second We're supposed to say all this during the second segment, Gilbert. But yeah. yeah. It's but, Eric, Gil- Eric, because you kept on interrupting all the time, hey, you missed the line of the Gilbert. night by Gilbert. <laughs> You just stepped on my glory. Yeah, dude. You, oh, God oh. damn it, Eric. You've been uncontrollable this episode. Hey, I, okay, look, I, it's the last time I drink on one of these shows, man. I won't do it again. <laughs> you ruined Gilbert's great joke that he just dropped. Let's, Hopefully you could okay, hear it. Okay, let's start over. Let's start no, over. you can't. Stop. The moment's gone forever. You, you really had a Gloria joke? Yeah. A, you stepped on it so bad. Yeah. I'm a piece but, of shit. All right. Guys, thank you very much. Remember to keep it fresh, Gilbert. We love you. Thank you for joining us again. You, you've love been you you've been on much on. I think for all episodes except two, 
So it doesn't matter. You're part of the show. And Eric, we love you, brother. We still have one more beer left. We still... <laughs> I'm a completist, baby. I have to finish it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. Take care. All right, Beat the Dega listeners. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And remember, always keep it fresh.